Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello and welcome to Future of Media Explained with me, Press Gazette, UK editor Charlotte Tobit, and this week we're talking Bouncing Back. This week we're talking Bouncing Back with Inc.'s Simon Leslie and I've got Press Gazette Editor-in-Chief Dominic Ponsford who's spoken to Simon. Hi Dom, how are you this week? I'm very well. Yeah, it sounds a bit Alan Partridge this, doesn't it? Bouncing Back. I think that's the name of part. I think Alan Partridge's autobiography was called Bouncing Back. You're the one who picked the name, so that's on you. Yeah, he's Alan's always top of mind. One of your role models. Yeah, very much so. <laughs> we'll have to get him on the podcast one week. Yeah. We had a similar theme, which was leadership in a downturn, where we had the now Hirsch UK Chief Executive Katie Vanek-Smith, and that was a really fascinating interview from our conference. So if you didn't hear it, I would definitely go back. Dom, why why are we talking bouncing back? And this is all quite a hot topic this winter, isn't it? And it's worth doing a similar theme two weeks in a row. Yeah, well, whereas Katie was talking about a little bit about leadership in a downturn, Simon, who is the CEO of Inc., is talking about how you recover from absolute disaster. So I think it's something that will cheer everyone up if they're a bit worried about the recession, because he's showing that there is, never mind a recession, you can lose everything and build it back better than it was before. So what is Inc and how did they lose everything or have this massive crisis? Simon's been running Inc since the year dot and I think... They are probably the UK's, or certainly were, the UK's largest customer publishing or native content type publisher. Yeah, basically they were running loads of in-flight magazines on a contract basis for airlines and they were making a bunch of money from it. So they were a £100 million a year turnover business. And the uh, the bouncing back comes in when, it, when you're running an in-flight magazines publisher and a pandemic comes along in March 2020 and they went from 100 million pound turnover to not even a zero turnover to losing a bunch of money because I think they still had to like pay printers and things for magazines that never went anywhere near an airplane. He's written a book about that and that's what we got into on the podcast. 
So he's literally written the book on surviving a crisis. Yeah, and it's, it's he, the reason I got him in was because I, I bumped into him and he, gave, and he gave me a copy of his book. And I have read it, and I have to say it's fantastic. Because it's not just his diary of a CEO in crisis, as he calls it, but he also, we'll get into it in the podcast, but basically he, when, when, the, when the pandemic hit, he phoned up a bunch of people and he got 50 of the most high profile kind of motivational speakers in the world to come on a weekly kind of Zoom call with his staff and uh, give them a motivational pep talk and he's turned it into a book so it's um, i've got to say i'm a sucker for a self-help book and it's got some great stuff in there including the wolf of wall street jordan belfort and uh, vim hoff who's one of one of my personal gurus who's the guy that believes that you can solve all your problems by having kind of ice baths that's why you're always boasting about your cold showers exactly yeah that's why i take a freezing cold shower every morning (laughs) brilliant Perfect. Well, let's get into it. What did you talk about first? Yeah. So, well, he's he's great guy. So, uh, I hope you hope you enjoy the chat. But uh, yeah. So, I started by asking him to set the scene for me a little bit in terms of what happened when disaster struck. We were certainly the biggest in-flight magazine publisher in the world. I think we were one of the biggest contract publishers in the UK, and everything was going swimmingly in 2019. So up and yeah, up until March 2020, great in-flight mags. You cracked it, haven't you? And you had quite a good business model in the sense that I think you actually paid the the airlines for the privilege of being there, backing yourselves to sell sufficient advertising to that captive market. That's Absolutely right. Absolutely correct. So all going very well, and turnover-wise, I think from 150 million to end, end of March 2020. Goodbye. Goodbye. Shall we switch the lights off? Because this is this is not looking good. Had I known then what I know now, I probably wouldn't have done what I did. But at the time, I thought it was a six weeks, maybe 10 weeks. Some of the most pessimistic colleagues said 24 weeks, but 102 weeks later, it was still going strong. And you went, so you went to zero, less than zero, because you're probably lo- you're losing money at this stage. Well, we'd paid for a lot of March and April issues, and they were asked to come off the plane around March the 9th, and it was, it was an exercise in what do we do next. And having been through so many tumultuous events over the last 20 years, we're used to it. But never had we been in an event where planes weren't flying and airports were shut so that was something that was completely new and it so it gave us a whole different set of challenges but two and a half years later you're still here you're still ceo of inc and inc is as big as it was before or getting there well i've been saying since the summer that we will have the best year ever this year so i'm sticking to that promise got six weeks to make it happen but yeah we should be we should deliver our most successful year Okay, well, that's good news. So did, tell us a little bit about how you did it, and then we'll get into the book a little bit, if that's all right. Well, I think I got lucky. Things fell into to place. Things fell into my lap. Opportunities presented themselves. It's really funny because you don't know what to do because this isn't. there was no playbook and there was no previous. So I really had to be creative and think, what can I do? And, you know, the, the, the essence of the book is... I made 50 phone calls, 52 phone calls, and I asked people to come and help me just to keep my team inspired because that was the only thing that I thought I could do that would be useful. When I treated it as this is off-season, we were in training camp, and when the season starts again, we'll be ready to go because I thought these guys will help me get out of this. That was my intention. I started bringing in speakers from Wolf of Wall Street, Tim Grover, Tim Story, 
Alison Levine, Wim Hof came in and did breathing sessions. So these were really highly known motivational speakers. Some people talked about health and well-being and some of the softer skills. And what I realised was that as part of this process of helping them, actually I was giving myself education and lessons and confidence in we can do this, we can come out of this better than we went into it. And I went about thinking about what do I want this business to look like at the other side of this? How do I want to act? How do, you know, I'm not going to be the same person I was before. I want to be a better person. And I used, I think I used the two years really wisely. And I think a lot of people wasted that time. They sat in their pyjamas watching Tiger King and feeling sorry for themselves. And some took a positive action and others took a victim mentality and wanted to blame the world and everybody else and me. Because a lot of people blame me for this because it was my fault. I, I, I designed in my head, with very creative imagination, a business that would come out of the other side, and that's what I went about building. And so what does Inc. look like now compared to what it was in March 2020? In 19, we had 33 in-flight magazines. We just had record issues in most of them in February and March. So they, it was at its peak when the legs got taken from underneath it. We had a very small TV network, and we had some digital websites, and that was it. Today, it's a marketplace. We have four in-flight magazines. So there are four that have remained, maybe one more coming back next year. We bought Business Traveller, which is a fantastic product. Business Traveller in Europe and Asia, but we bought the American edition, and we've turned that one around, and that one's flying, if you excuse the pun. We bought some retargeting technology, and we sold that to 13 airlines and, and people like Agoda so we can help them monetize their data. CNN decided to leave the airport, and I saw an opportunity in that, and we took over all their gate screens and luggage carousel screens, and we turned our nice TV business into an absolute monster. It's now the biggest TV network at the airports all over the US. It's just about to open in Addis Ababa, of all places, and we've got a we're very close to an Asian airport as well. So we've grown that TV network into something very special. And we're, prov we're also providing free Wi-Fi in flight, which was an expensive medium before. And now we're allowing people to get free Wi-Fi by watching some adverts. So we've created this marketplace of where you can consume with the traveller at every point of their journey. So you're a sort of much more diversified business now than you were before. So you're not reliant on one medium, which, is, which I guess makes you... Um stronger but i guess it was built on your hunch that people aren't gonna stay in their living rooms forever <laughs> that people are even though at the time it felt like you couldn't imagine anyone going on a plane again because we'd be so terrified about catching some disease but you kept the faith that that travel would bounce back and probably bounce back bigger than before after after that pandemic <laughs> There were times where people looked at me like I was crazy. Look, this is coming back, and this is coming back bigger and better and stronger than it was before. And this month alone, we've had more travellers travelling than 19. And what people don't quite comprehend is that means there's more travellers than they've ever travelled before in the month of October. The best month for travel ever has been this month. You've had United, Delta, American CEOs all coming out saying they've been at 90% since April and they're booked all the way through till next spring and they see next summer being the best summer ever. So the momentum is back, the appetite is back. Unfortunately, the pricing is also back. It's expensive to travel now, but that's good for us because it shows that the quality of our audience is always going to remain strong. 
So as you mentioned, the book is um, sort of 50 conversations or, the, or transcripts or you know, write-ups of these kind of people that came in, these inspiring individuals, and then also a bit of your experience as well running the business during this time. You know, yeah, I, I love it because it's just something you can dip into and dip out, and, there's, and it's just great to get other people's wisdom, isn't it? And they're such great people. I like Wim Hof. I've kept the paddling pool up in the garden, and I've been going in it, I tell you. Up until now, yeah, my my ice bath. But what are the most inspiring ones for you out of the 50? What are the ones that have really, really stayed with you? I think I've become friendlier with a lot of the speakers. Next week I'm going to LA, and I'm going to spend time with... Dave Meltzer, Tim Story, Bradley. I just came back from Nashville where I worked with Bradley and Tim Story and Coach Burt, who were all speakers. And so in, in some ways it's improved my, my connections. Alison Levine, I think, is the most powerful story of all of them in the book. Alison climbed Everest. She also did both poles. She's four foot seven, I think. And she has a disease which means it's dangerous for her to be in the cold. So for her to embark on something like that, it's like she's on the hiding to nothing before she starts. And she just kept saying the same thing. If you cross the South Pole, some days you think you're walking for a whole day and you actually go backwards because of the way the ice moves. She said, all you can do, it's one foot in front of the other. You take the first step, you take the next step and then just keep going. And that is imprinted in my brain. Just take another step. The, the other thing is that opportunities are gift-wrapped in problems. So if you have a problem, and I had lots of problems, but if I reframe my mind and said, okay, if there's a problem, there's an opportunity behind here. I don't know how many layers deep it is, but there's definitely an opportunity. And if you do that, it, it somehow diffuses the problems. It deflates them, and you can seem to be able to attack them more. And it came true with every problem, an opportunity seemed to present itself. Hi, I'm Armando Yanucci. And I'm Anusha Kellyan. And we present Westminster Reimagined on the New Statesman podcast. Each episode, we'll be taking a look at how our politics has got so broken and whether there's anything we can do to fix it. We hear from people shaping our society, from the front line to the corridors of power, alongside campaigners, journalists and satirists, including John Stewart, Ian Hislop, Rosamond Adukissi Deborah, and Catherine Haddon. You can listen to all three series now. Just search the New Statesman podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Or go to newstatesman.com forward slash Westminster Reimagined. So talking to you today, there's a few problems presenting themselves, aren't there? So UK interest rates have gone up to 3%. So... 0.75% in a day. We've had the government's going to raise taxes, which is going to take more money out of our pockets, cut spending, which isn't good. And then I think if you look at the uh, wider media market that Press Gazette covers, I think we've counted up around a 1,000 editorial job cuts now on the tail end of this year in the UK and the US. So the Independent, which was doing really well and has, and has been in profit for the last five years since it cut its print edition is cutting 20% of staff today. So that's another 50 gone at the Independent. So it does feel a bit gloomy, really, doesn't it? And what's your what would be your advice to the sort of people running media companies listening to this in the commercial sector and suddenly thinking, crikey, am I going to barely keep 
all my staff, am I going to even have a business in six months' time or a year's time if we go on like this? It's funny, the immediate thing that it triggered in me was to all my recruiters make some phone calls. There's lots of people available for work. It's been a tough recruiting market. I lost most of my staff during the pandemic and I'm a 28-year-old startup now and I'm trying to find great people again who want to grow with me. You know what? I think people over over panic at the beginning. The amazing thing for me was during that whole pandemic, very few businesses went bust because the government underwrote them, lent them money, and there wasn't a proper clear out. And I think that was part of the problem. So we need a little bit of clear out. There's too much media. There's too many things going on being sold. We need a bit of consolidation. Even the big ones are finding it tough and they're, they're, they really are scraping back. I find it strange that Snap, uh, Facebook, Instagram, Google, YouTube, they're all, they were 30% less than they were last week. And they haven't had that much of a blip on their performance, but they're finding it tough. And if they're finding it tough, then um, there's going to be challenges. But then you could look at the good news, you look at Netflix, they launch their thing, they don't give you any data, they don't give you any information, but they tell you you've got to spend 5 million and the CPM is 50 and take it or leave it. And it got sold out in a couple of days. So I think the appetite is still there. And I think there will always be appetite and there will always be a good market. You've got to be prepared to fight for it, though. It's not, the phone's not going to ring. You've got to get out there and make a lot of noise and make people aware of what you're doing and help them with solutions. And you launched Inc. I'm just working out, what, 1994, was it? So I'm just trying to remember. Mid-90s was pretty bad, wasn't it? We had a pretty horrendous recession back then, didn't we? I think we... Late 80s, late 80s it started. We had 15% interest rates. Yeah. And by the way, Rishi is going to 7% because that's what he's already told us. Yeah. So we're only halfway through the pain. Yeah. We had strikes. We had, we had all the things that were that are happening again now. It does feel like I'm back in the 70s. And, and I was at dinner with someone last night and I just said, I'm not quite sure how they're going to get themselves out of this because... It's out of control. Inflation is out of control. And all you're doing by adding increasing interest rates and adding tax increases is the company's going to go bankrupt. We're going to get into such a mess. And then you're going to have to rebuild it again. But maybe we have to go through that pain in order to come out the other side. But for you, you feel that there's good things can come out of the sort of creative destruction, if you like. I'm thinking back to the last awful recession, which was 2008. Lots of amazing brands came out of that period. People seem to launch things, don't they, when when things are a bit of a low ebb. I'm thinking Vice and BuzzFeed and there's a lot, lot of good things came out then. I think, and also thinking back to then, even some established brands like the FT, the Time, the Guardian used to, even when print was good in the mid 2000s, they used to lose loads of money and they're all profitable now. So whether they'll be profitable next year, I don't know. But good things do can come out of these sort of downturns can't they no, they really do and then you see what happens is take vice as an example came out as really edgy really cool it gets to a size someone buys it and then it turns it into a gets run by a big corporation and it loses its love and passion and its edginess and i think you need some more edgy media products coming out i'm like flush with ideas i made the mistake of when I wrote the first book called There's No F in Sales in September 19, you can't be too literal with the title of your book because six months later there was no sales. So I've got to be very careful what I write down now. But I said at the end of 19, there's a recession coming. I just wish it hadn't been where it closed down the travel industry. 
and there was all these bailouts. This time, I think there'll be so many amazing opportunities. There are so many good brands out there. Business Traveler for me was a, it's a perfect example. It'd been through three or four different publishers. No one really loved it. We brought it into our stable, found two teams, an editorial team and, a, and an ad team that loved it. And they've turned it around. They're bringing out, they've created a TV show for it. They did think, they, they just enhanced the brand. And I think that's the thing you've got to do. You can't have a brand in just one form. It's got to be multimedia forms. And but getting your uh, crystal ball out. So back in 2020, you had a bit of a vision for what the world was going to be like after that. And uh, thankfully, it proved Proved, proved correct, didn't it? So what do you think? The Bank of England said, what, recession till 2024, haven't they? But it, who knows? What do you? What, <laughs> where do you see things going in the next couple of years? I mean, our business is, has always been across the globe. We, we, one market's tough. We benefit from the other market. You know, I'm doing a lot of business in the States. And even with everything that's going on there, I still feel like it's very robust. You've got so many businesses. You've got, you've got lots to choose from. And we're seeing... It's funny, we're seeing a different set of advertisers. I was looking in our German magazine today, and most of the advertising is for recruitment, people searching for employees. There will always be people looking for something, and we'll be able to tick some of those boxes. I think the magazine will come back. I think you'll start seeing, you'll see some interesting new launches of magazines. I think digital advertising, it's not going to decline, but it's going to, it's already being spread very thin across lots of different places. I think people are going to have to really justify. I think too much money is being spent on not enough decent evidence. And people keep spending more to get the same results. And I think that's just stupid. And I think people have got carried away with spending so much money to get average results. And I think that they need to start looking at their budgets and going, can I go back to some old-fashioned advertising, doing beautiful TV ads, cinema ads, billboard ads that people will remember as opposed to this buy now pay later rubbish yeah so maybe uh, we're gonna have to get better at giving people good marketing solutions in a way I mean, you try and think of an advert you can remember the advert advertising now is becoming so bland and so boring and i think agencies have got to start doing some better work and clients have got to start being a bit more adventurous well look thank you simon great talking to you nice to talk to you <laughs> i enjoyed the book equanimity Diary of a CEO in crisis. So I def- definitely recommend that to anyone who wants a bit of a wants a bit of a pick me up. But just final word from you: If we've got any CEOs listening at the moment who are in crisis, I bet there's a few of them. What would be your sort of one little piece of advice for them, as a friend to a to a fellow CEO who's finding it tough and is really worried? What would be your one little bit of advice for them? I would definitely say, and obviously I'm biased. The first thing I say is pick up the phone and phone me and email me or come and have coffee with me because there is not a problem that I haven't encompassed in the last 28 years. Find the book. There are so many lessons in there that will help anybody in crisis. And bear in mind that most businesses are one or two deals away from either nirvana or crisis. You're going to lose your biggest client. You've lost your top producer, whatever it is. We're all running very fragile businesses and we always have done. And I do think that there's sometimes we just need to look a little bit deeper into our own process of everything we do and make sure that we can that that we are robust enough, we've got enough cash, we've got enough solutions, we've got enough fresh ideas. Just as an example of that, we're playing the World Cup on in flights on Sport 24, which is part of the Reach Network. So live games, it wasn't selling very well. I repackaged it, and within two days we sold most of it out. So sometimes... Despite the fact that you think you've got great products, sometimes you have to repackage them and call them something different and offer a little bit more bells and whistles on it for people to buy it. 
because we assume that things are just going to, well, carpet will sell itself. No ITV have struggled with it. I know some of the other networks have struggled with it. So if you repackage things, if you look at things slightly differently, call them different names, make them a little bit more sexy and shiny, people will still buy. Thanks, Dom, and thanks, Simon. Hopefully a lot to leave people feeling encouraged about the time ahead from that. Dom, what would you say your biggest takeaways that you want people to remember? Simon rather cheekily said that the, the biggest takeaway was to read his book, but I think <laughs> we have to accept that not everyone's going to read the book. I think take a cold shower every day, number one, but I think number two is the idea that every crisis is gift-wrapped with an opportunity. And I definitely agree with that, having been through lots of recessions and downturns. And there are always opportunities because things close and then new opportunities open up for you to do other things. Yeah, I think, and I think he's the sort of living proof of that. Yeah, and I think he's sort of a good example of that kind of CEO mindset, which I don't think I've particularly, I would have, but, you know, how you can keep unflappable even when the worst happens and, you know, you're losing money and you've got 200 people who employees who rely on you and he's managed to keep going and turn into something good and speaking to him you realize that's not something that just you're just born with it's something that he's developed with an awful lot of sort of introspection and soul searching and self-improvement he's got there and all power to him i bet lots of people across the news industry would like their ceos to have a similar unflappable and optimistic attitude that sounds like a really good thing to take away You've been listening to The Future of Media Explained with me, Press Gazette UK editor Charlotte Tobit, Press Gazette editor-in-chief Dominic Ponsford and produced by Adrian Bradley. If you like this, please check out our previous podcasts. Go to our website for lots more on similar themes at pressgazette.co.uk and like, review, subscribe so that our podcast gets to more people. Thank you. Thank you.